0: All right, everyone, welcome to week eight of our Lewis Fort Baptist Church 2024 Bible Reading Plan podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White, and we are continuing in our theme, our current theme of God's covenant promise to Abraham. Uh, so we've worked through, you know, several chapters of Genesis, we've looked at some of how the New Testament reflects on what God did with Abraham, particularly uh, the writings of Paul. Um, you know, Abraham is such a key figure to the Jewish and Christian religion, like it's No wonder that so much of the Old Testament and New Testament points back to him, right? Like he is the original one that God made covenant promise with to build this nation out of, right? And all of God's people, like the song goes, he is our father, Abraham. And we sing that song and we can hold to that truth because uh, God's covenant promises are true, right? When God makes a promise, He's He's going to keep it. That's one of the big themes we've seen throughout all of our readings so far. That when God promises something, He keeps His promise. And so, for God to make this covenant with Abraham that all the the nations of the world be blessed through Him and through His offspring, we've seen how that offspring then was Jesus Christ, and how all of this is ultimately pointing to Christ as our Savior. And Genesis twenty-two, where we're going to be today, uh, is no different. This is really one of those like key key chapters in the book of Genesis that you need to understand if you're going to understand all of Scripture, right? You need Genesis 12, you need Genesis 15, you need Genesis 17, you need Genesis 22. Those are all ones that we really should have like highlighted or circled in our Bibles and like should often return to, especially as we read through Paul's letters, especially as we read through even the Gospels, right? Because so much of what we get in the New Testament is grounded in these, particularly these four chapters of God's called to Abram initially in Genesis 12 and now working up to Genesis 22 where we see the testing of Abraham. This is, you know, one of the Sunday school classics, right? This is your, if you've been in church for a long time, this is felt board material right here. And what's so, I think, really unique about Genesis 22 is this is the first time we see love mentioned in Scripture. And there's a rule um, that you'll hear about in Scripture called the law of first mention, Basically saying that like the first time something is mentioned in Scripture, that mentioning is what gives it a framework to be understood by in the rest of Scripture. And what we see here in Genesis 22 is so cool, is that love is mentioned in the context of a father sacrificing his son. Now you think there might be some themes that are going to be built out of that in the rest of Scripture. I wonder... How this might point us to ultimately God sacrificing his son Jesus it's so cool guys how the how Genesis and all of the Old Testament works like this in verse two God is is speaking to Abraham, and he says, "Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you so we've we've had all this build up right of of God making promises to Abram even late in life right, like like seventy five years old. And he promises that even though they have no offspring, he and his wife Sarah, that through their offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. There's nothing they wanted more than a child of their own to leave their inheritance to, right? And God comes along and promises that, not only promises a child that will leave their inheritance to, but that through that child and through his offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. This now has come to fruition, right? Isaac has been born. We see that. Uh, in chapter twenty one, and really chapter twenty one and twenty two make such a cool pairing because you could almost say that Genesis twenty one is a miraculous birth story, right? I mean, it is. It's this, they're way too late in life to be having children, but miraculously God brings about a child from their marriage. So we see this miraculous birth in Genesis twenty one, and in, really in Genesis twenty two, what we see, if you look at the the Hebrew language, is a miraculous resurrection story. And these two things pair together, and again. It's so cool because even in these chapters, we're already setting the tone for what God is going to do ultimately in Jesus, right? Like Jesus comes along with a miraculous birth and has the miraculous resurrection, right? It's so neat, you guys. Just keep digging into this stuff, I promise. The more you, you, you spend time in these Old Testament texts, the more you see God reveal these themes and these patterns and point them all ultimately to the person of Jesus Christ. So God tells Abraham, you know this son that like I've promised you that is here now that y'all have waited so so long for. I need you to go up on the mountain and sacrifice him, and like you can just imagine like Abraham's response. Like we see even his confusion in the in the way he's going to continue to carry out over the next few verses. It says so. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told them. So he he doesn't uh fight with God, he doesn't argue with god he He trusts God that he is good and he's going to keep his word. He doesn't know how, but he trusts that God is going to keep his word to him. How much faith must it have taken for Abraham to have, have maintained and to obeyed in this instance right like how much faith would it have taken for Abraham to take his his promised child, the one who in whom all hope of his future was placed? And listen to God and obey him and and go up on this mountain ready to sacrifice him. But look at what verse 5 says, because it's so beautiful, you guys. It says, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. He doesn't say, and I will come back, you all. He says, and we will come to you again. He knows that even though he can't explain it, even though he doesn't know how it's going to happen, he knows that even while he takes his son up here to go sacrifice him, at a minimum, God is going to raise him from the dead and they're going to come back together. Because God had promised him that this son, this Isaac, would be the offspring through whom all the nations be blessed. And if Isaac was to die and stay dead, God would not be able to keep his promise. So because he trusted in God's promise, because he trusted that God was a good God who was working out all things according to his will and according to their covenant, Abraham had faith. Abraham had faith that God would somehow restore life to his sons so that they may come back again. That's really how faith works, right? Abraham doesn't know how they will come back, but he trusts God. And we have that same experience in our lives, right? We don't always know how God will work. We don't always know why God works in the ways that he does, but we trust God, and we trust that he is a God who is going to keep his promises. And that's exactly what we see, right, as you go on throughout the story. You see that the life that was about to be taken in Isaac, right, as Abraham is prepared to sacrifice him on this altar that they build, God makes a way, right? God provides a a scapegoat, if you will, if you like that Old Testament language, So God sends this this lamb, right, to step in uh, and take the place of Isaac. And again, it's so beautiful. It points us again to the truth of Christ, right, who would be called uh, the Lamb of God, right, the lamb that God sends to this world to die in our place. Guys, this this chapter is so good. I hope you've enjoyed your time in it. And this is one you can just marinate on for days, right? It points to so many different things. It points not only to the 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 way God rewards faith, the way that faith is credited to us as righteousness, as the Old Testament says of Abraham. But ultimately it points us to the truth that is found in Christ, right? That Christ is the one through whom God keeps his promises, right? All of God's promises were fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb who died on the cross so that we didn't have to face the death that should have been ours. What a glorious truth that is it's so good and, and, and I can't <laughs> encourage you enough to keep spending time in these chapters understanding how God is working through these themes uh, and and working to point us to Christ right that's the beauty of the Old Testament it's the beauty of the scriptures and I just want to keep pushing you guys to to trust to know to build this biblical theology to build our foundation, on the word of God, so that we might follow him more faithfully in the world today. Church, I'm thankful for you. Look forward to being back with you next time as we are going to discuss James chapter 2, where again, we get some New Testament reflection on what God has done in the life of Abraham. Until then, look forward to speaking with you then. God bless.